when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silver and black and now your host evan groat let's go raider nation i am your host evan groat thank you as always for your support and for joining me on this latest episode of just pod baby we have a lot to get to tonight do me a favor if you have not done so yet make sure you click that subscribe button you don't want to miss out on all my coverage of the raiders all season long This episode is brought to you by Silver and Black Today. Some new pieces up at the website right now. We have some very talented writers on the team. Make sure you're getting in on all the action over at the website. Real quick, the rundown for tonight's show is to get you caught up with the news and notes from the week. We're going to take a look at the Thursday injury report. We will take a look at the Saints roster, break that down for you, and I will give you my three keys to victory. And I'm excited to speak with our special guest this week, Mr. John Hendricks, who is the lead reporter for the Saints News Network of SI.com. And just a quick programming reminder, Mo Moten and I will be recording our Week 2 recap episode on Tuesday night this week, and uh, because obviously the game is on a Monday night, so that will be available for download on Wednesday morning. Before we uh, d- dive into all the all the news this week, I do want to talk to you about Manscaped. The engineering team over at Manscaped has spent nearly 18 months perfecting the greatest ball head trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code podbaby at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Okay, guys, so this week the Raiders will be playing on on Monday Night Football in prime time. They'll be taking on the 1-0 New Orleans Saints who are coming off a victory over Tom Brady and the Bucks. The Saints uh, were many people's favorites to reach the Super Bowl this year or at least challenge for the NFC crown. And much like the Raiders, they are coming off a week one win, but the vibes aren't all positive. Uh, If you followed the the Saints at all this week, you heard that uh, not only... Coach Sean Payton uh, admitted to calling a bad game, but but Drew Brees admitted that it, he didn't have his best performance uh, as well. So um, let's begin there. The, the big news surrounding the Saints is the injury to all pro wide receiver Michael Thomas, who will be sidelined for, for several weeks with a high ankle sprain. Um, the Raiders catch a huge break there with Thomas being out. Thomas has been Drew Brees' number one target since entering the league in 2016, and he's arguably the top wideout in the league. You could definitely make that argument. So so that will certainly help out a secondary that struggled against Teddy Bridgewater last week, allowing Bridgewater to complete two, uh, 270 yards worth of, of passes and 65%, so uh, with a QB rating of 99. So definitely a, a big break for, for the Raiders if 
um, Thomas should not play, which it looks like he won't. I want to share something I read over at The Athletic today that I found very interesting. Larry Holder, who covers the team, wrote an interesting piece talking about the success that the Saints have had in recent years without one of their stars in the lineup. Think back to a year ago. Drew Brees missed five games last year, and in those five games, they went 5-0. and We know that Teddy Bridgewater filled in for him nicely. Um, Elvin Kamara also missed two games in 2019. No big deal. Latavius Murray steps in, rushes for 100 yards in each of those games, and leads the Saints to to victories. He also points out another example from the 2019 season in Week 6. No Drew Brees, no Alvin Kamara, and no Jared Cook, and the Saints still were able to win that game 36-25 over the Bears. So again, they are very well coached. Sean Payton, one of the top coaches in the league, is a great play caller. And they also have some depth at some important positions uh, like quarterback, like wide receiver, or, or they did have depth at quarterback with Bridgewater last year. Uh, and also, you know, with uh, Bridge, uh, not Bridgewater, excuse me, with uh, Jameis Winston as the backup and Taysom Hill, they, they actually have some good depth there again this year. Um, but the common denominator in all of those examples that I just gave you was Michael Thomas. He was on the field for all of those wins. Now we're going to see how the Saints do without Thomas, which could be very difficult because he is such a large uh, part of that offense. Um, in this piece by Larry Holder, he breaks down the 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 target share by percentage. And for those of who for those of you who don't know, um, Thomas led the league in targets with 185 last year, catching 149 of those passes. He led. He has led the league in receptions in the last two years. But Thomas received 33% of the targets in this uh, Saints offense. So certainly that is a, a huge chunk of, of targets that are going to be available. Who steps up and, and who fills that void, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, for the new uh, the news on the Raiders, uh, things uh, are looking a little bit more positive on, on their front. Trent Brown and Nick Kwiatkowski both had MRIs this week. Both came back pretty clean. Let's start with Kwiatkowski. Thankfully, Ian Rappaport uh, reported that he did not tear that pectoral muscle. Uh, I'm going to assume that he is not going to play this week. Um the first injury report did come out Thursday, and he did not practice. So we'll just have to wait and, and keep an eye on him. Um, Trent Brown, he he also seems to have avoided uh, a major injury as well. He's dealing with that calf injury. He exited after only three snaps. Uh, he did not return. His replacement, Sam Young, also was injured after 15 snaps, and he did not return. So those are three guys you definitely want to keep a close eye on as, as the um, – as we get closer to to game day, um, Brown was listed on the injury report today as well as long as long as Sam Young as as did not practice. Um, and, and while we're on the topic, you know, I I guess I'll just I'll get to the injury report uh, right away here. Um, and I do have that uh, in front of me. We'll start with the Raiders guys who did not participate in Thursday's practice. Trent Brown we just mentioned with the calf. Rodney Hudson did not participate today as well, but that was a not injury related. Richie Incognito also missed today's practice on Thursday with an Achilles. Nick Kwiatkowski with the pec. Henry Ruggs did not participate either with that knee. So again, we want to keep a close eye on him as well. Jason Witten did not participate and he uh, not injury related. 
and then Sam Young with the groin did not participate. Guys, also other guys also listed on the report. Damon Arnett with that thumb injury, he was a full go today. Josh Jacobs with an ankle, full go, and Arden Key listed with a knee injury was also a full go. So those that's the uh, Thursday report for the Las Vegas Raiders. Looking at the New Orleans Saints injury report now. Uh, of course, the big one there is uh, Michael Thomas with the ankle. He did not practice. Another uh, big name for them, Marcus Davenport, who was injured prior to the season. I don't think he played last week. He also did not practice today with an elbow. Uh, from what I read, he's not expected to play this week as well. And then there was one other did not participate. That's Emmanuel Sanders, but that is not injury-related. Um, so he should be good to go. Guard center Cesar Ruiz, the rookie out of Michigan, he had an ankle. He was limited today. And then safety P.J. Williams um, was a full go uh, with a with a hamstring. So um, those that is your injury report uh, for Thursday and, and also your news and notes from the week. And when I return, I will give you my three keys to victory for the Raiders in week two. Don't go anywhere. All right, and we are back here on Just Pod Baby. I'm your host, Evan Grow. It's a big game on Monday night, prime time for the Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to be uh, revealing this uh, new Allegiant Stadium for all the world to see on Monday night football. It's just a it's just a shame there won't be any fans there. But uh, right now, the line is set at the Saints as the six point favorites, and the over under is a forty nine and a half. So Vegas does expect it to be a somewhat high-scoring game. Uh, and I have to tell you, the vibes that I'm having as the week goes on are, are pretty good. They, they've really approved from uh, where they were Sunday when the, the game finished there. As the week has gone on, I, I've grown much more confident that the Raiders can make this a competitive game. And I think that has a lot has to do with, of course, the Thomas uh, Michael Thomas possibly not playing, but I expect the defense to play better than they did in week one, and I think that the loss of Michael Thomas for the Saints is, is just huge. I, I don't think it can be stated enough. Obviously, we know how big of a role he plays in that Saints off, offense. I talked about the 185 targets for him a year ago. That's 11 and a half uh, a game, if you break it down like that. So there's going to be a lot of touches and some targets that are now available in that Saints offense. Emmanuel Sanders... He was a guy that they brought in during free agency to be that number two guy behind Thomas. He definitely will see an uptick in action this week. Uh, And I also do want to point out that Sanders does have a track record of success against the Raiders going back to his days with Denver. Don't forget, he was a longtime member of of that Broncos team playing in the AFC West. He's has 13 games against the Raiders, and in those 13 games, he's got 55 career receptions for 692 yards and five touchdowns. Um, now, obviously, we're talking about different teams, different times, different quarterbacks. I understand all that, but I, I do think it was a uh, a stat that was worth noting. The 55 receptions is the most that Sanders has against any team uh, in his career. Another nugget that I have for you is about Drew Brees. He's also had some level of success against the Raiders through uh, through the years. He has a, a record of eight and three, twenty three touchdown passes to four interception, four interceptions. Excuse me. And his one hundred eight point six passer rating is the highest of any quarterback with five plus starts versus the Raiders. And you can thank Josh Dubow for that statistic. Uh, I saw he tweeted that out, so I thought I'd share it with you guys. 
Of course, we do all recall the last time these two teams met. It was that thriller in the opener of the 2016 season uh, where the Raiders were victorious, 35-34. Uh, Jack Del Rio with the, with the ballsy call, the goal for two and the win on the road. And uh, so that was just a great game. And so the last time these two teams met, the Raiders were victorious. So that is a little bit of the historical context uh, for the last time these, these teams met. And now let's get into my three keys to victory for the Raiders. Key number one is the Raiders offense needs to score at least 30 points this week once again. The Saints also are coming off a 34-point outing themselves. They did a That does include a defensive touchdown as well, but this is not... Uh, the week for the Raiders to be settling for field goals. When they get inside the red zone, they must convert those for touchdowns, not three points. Uh, I was looking at some statistics about the Saints defense from a year ago. Uh, They're a very good unit. They've allowed only 21 points a game last year. Also, they did allow a touchdown 61% of the time teams traveled into the red zone. So this is an area that the Raiders offense needs to excel on Monday night. We will keep a close eye on the health of Henry Ruggs and Trent Brown as we get closer to game day. Their availability will be crucial uh, to the success of the Raiders offense this week. They need to be at full strength if they're going to try to keep up with this Saints offense. Key number two is the defense needs to force a turnover or two. Carr and the offense will need to get a couple extra opportunities to score this week. Last year, the Raiders forced only 15 takeaways, and that's not going to be good enough. That number's got to go up. This week is a good time to start there. And if there is one thing that you could critique Drew Brees about negatively throughout his career, it's that he has shown the tendency to throw interceptions. He has 237 career interceptions. That's an average of 13 uh, a season. And the Saints defense on the flip side is is one of the best in the league at creating turnovers. They had a plus uh, 15 differential last year, which is second in the league behind the Patriots. Uh, last week, they, they forced three turnovers. They're off to a good start. Uh, this this year again. Winning the turnover battle is, is always an important part to winning any game. It's even more important this week when you're facing a team that's as good as the Saints. The Raiders missed out on two interceptions last week. Nicholas Morrow and LaMarcus Joyner both had their hands on passes. They need to make those plays this week. And the third key of the game is containing Jared Cook. Raider fans are very familiar with Jared Cook and his abilities. Cook and Sanders will be expected to pick up the slack in the absence of Michael Thomas. Beyond Sanders, I want you to take a look at this for a moment. Beyond Sanders, there's nothing more in that wide receiver room than a bunch of young, inexperienced, bottom-of-the-depth chart guys, and I'm not trying to disrespect those guys, but Benny Fowler, Traquan Smith, who's only got 36 career receptions, Deontay Harris, who is nothing more than a special teams return guy. He's very good as a return guy, don't get me wrong, but as far as his receiving skills, he is very unproven. Marquez Calloway is another guy. He is a rookie undrafted free agent who didn't even play a snap last week, so... Uh, You can definitely expect that Breeze is going to key in on Jared Cook, uh, who at this point in the season, he has the best chemistry with him. He was a part of the team last year. Emmanuel Sanders is is new to the team. So uh, Corey Littleton, Nicholas Marl, those linebackers, and even Jonathan Abram, they need to make sure that they do not allow Jared Cook to have a big game. So those are your three keys to victory for the Raiders in week two. And I want to keep this thing rolling right along. I want to go to the phone line now and bring in our guest for this week. And that is John Hendricks, who is the lead reporter for the Saints News Network of SI.com. 
John, thanks for joining us on Just Pod Baby. There's a lot that I want to get to you with uh, here tonight. The big news with the Saints is the injury to Michael Thomas. So let's begin there. He suffered the high ankle injury last week. He is expected to miss the game, but what is the latest you can tell us on his status? Well, I mean, as far as Thursday goes, he wasn't there uh, during the open portion of practice for the media. So um, obviously, you know, you ask John Payton, and if you know anything about him or if you don't know, he doesn't like to discuss injuries. Um, so obviously he talked about him not being ruled out for this game. But, you know, given everything that's come out lately with uh, reporting, I'd be surprised if he plays in this game on Monday night. Now, we all know how involved Thomas is in that Saints passing attack. Without him in the lineup, who becomes that security blanket for for Drew Brees, and and who do you expect to pick up some of that slack? Well, definitely, first of all, I mean, they got to pick up the slack. And, you know, Jared Cook's a guy who's really been catching fire, has since, you know, the second half of last year. So, obviously, I expect him to to be kind of prominently featured. And they got to get their run game going, obviously, too. So, um, but if from a receiving threat, I mean, this is why you pick up a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, obviously, a, a, definitely a, a strong veteran. He's he's known for some of his uh, workload in the past, and he said it, you know, recently today, and saying that, hey, look, if they need 15 balls out of me, I'll catch them. And you know, if they just want me to block the whole game, I'll block the whole game. So at this point in his career, you know, what he's worried about is winning, but. You know, outside of that, they have Traquan Smith, the third-year wideout, um, that they're really trying to get some more of. They really like him a lot. They have Deontay Harris, more known for his uh, returning abilities. Vinny Fowler is a guy that they can pick up from the practice squad, call him up. And then, you know, they have rookie Marquez Callaway. But, you know, still all in all, there are uh, some question marks at receiver. Um, and you know, get, not having a guy like Thomas, you can't totally replace his production for sure. And that'll still be a, a, a huge loss for the Saints. John Hendricks, lead reporter for the Saints News Network on com, joining me on Just Pod Baby. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about some of those receivers not named Emmanuel Sanders. You mentioned guys like Benny Fowler, Traquan Smith, who who seems to have the most experience with the Saints, um, looking at some of these other guys, Deontay Harris. The, these are not exactly top-end guys. H- how concerned are you that if the Raiders' game plan is to try to take out a guy like Jared Cook, uh, or even Emmanuel Sanders, that they're going to be relying on some of these young and, and, and unproven guys. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a total scary thought. I mean, because it's sure Brees throwing a football. And, you know, look, uh, he's a guy that made, you know, players like David Patton uh, a household name and, and got the most of his career. So, I, I mean, the thing is, they're obviously going to be called upon and need to step up uh, from from that perspective. But, you know, look, they still have Alvin Kamara. They have Latavius Murray that can run the ball. They have Ty Montgomery who could potentially split out and, and catch some balls too. They have Josh Hill, the number two tight end. Uh, their rookie, Adam Troutman, might get a little bit more looks. So, look, I'm not saying it's going to be perfectly easy. I think it's, it's still a, a work in progress, remains to be seen. And, you know, obviously their first week against the Bucks didn't – really do anybody favors just because it was a, a horribly game called by Sean Payton and he admitted it. And Drew Brees also said he didn't play his best football. So look, I expect them to, to come up with a good game plan um, to compensate. But again, you're leaning on guys like Traquan Smith who, you know, had a good rookie season, didn't have a great season last year. And uh, this is his year 
you know, front office has talked him up, coaches has talked him up, Drew Brees has talked him up. So, look, if there's ever a chance for him to get back into the graces of fans, this is the game. John, talk to us a little bit about the Saints' offensive line. Where are the strengths of that group, and, and as well as some of the weaknesses? Well, I'll tell you the uh, the strengths are their their all pro tackles, Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead. And I actually saw a stat today um, that Armstead hadn't given up a pressure on, on Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater since 2018. Um, I forgot what week it was, but that just speaks volumes of how good he is. And Ryan Ramchek is a guy that has been an all pro and uh, getting more respect around the league, and he is just uh, outstanding. So, you know, when you talk about rushing off the edge, hard to get around those guys and where you want to attack is that interior. You saw it against the Vikings uh, in the playoff game last year. You saw it against the Falcons in, in the regular season. Um, so, look, I mean, Andres Pete seems to be the area you probably want to attack and make him uh, have to lean on a guy like Eric McCoy, second-year center, you know, as far as help. Um, last year they ran, or last, excuse me, last week they ran Nick Easton, veteran at right guard. Um, Cesar Ruiz is their rookie that, that, you know, tends, it should be playing there. Um, he was dealing with an ankle injury last week, but, uh, or actually for a few weeks, but he didn't play last week. And so I think it'll be interesting to see if, if he comes into this game and, you know, if they power off that right side, that's a, that's going to be probably a long day. Uh, for that that front seven of the Raiders, but not impossible for them to get some things going, but it figures to be on that uh, Andres Pete side where they want to generate the pressure. Yeah, and the and the Raiders' pass rush did struggle last week to get anything going, so certainly not a, a good matchup here this week. Well, let, let's shift gears over to the defense now. The Saints have a very good unit over there. In 2019, they ranked 13th in points allowed at 21 a game. I know they they were able to pick off Brady twice last week, returned one for a, a pick six, but, but overall, how did that Saints perform in, in week one last week? Well, I'll tell you what, they had a, a tough task on their hands with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the, you know, Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Brait, and all those guys. And, you know, for as much hype as the Bucks' offense had, they I, I think they passed the test with flying colors. And, you know, uh, plenty of times I've, I've t- talked about Saints defense on other shows and just, you know, what I've always said is I, I really believe that they're a top-10 unit with a top-five ceiling. Um, you know, last year they were close, and, you know, they had the most sacks They've had under Sean Payton, 51, um, and the most they've had since 2001 season. So, look, I feel good about the defense. I think, you know, you, you do all this without um, a guy like Marcus Davenport who was hurting. He's, he's still dealing with the elbow injury, so no telling if he'll play. But you got, you know, extra uh, extra good stuff from Trey Hendrickson. They're, they're uh, third-round pick from one of their third-round picks from 2017. So that was an encouraging sign. Um, you know, they played more nickel and more dime against Tom Brady. So, you know, I, I think their game plan and, and really what showed up the best part of, of the Saints is their coaching adjustments, which is, you know, obviously you say, well, of course you want to adjust during the game, but these are veteran guys in, in the locker room and, and also in the coaching staff that have seen a thing or two and, Nowhere thing or two, and they were able to make the adjustments and just really get after Tom Brady uh, in a way that was really good. And anytime you can limit Mike Evans to just one catch for two yards, and yeah, it was a touchdown, but that's a that's a huge win. And take Gronk out of the game, I mean, it's 
really a thing of beauty for the Saints defense. Yeah, it really was a, a very good performance by them. And, and, you know, you talked about the pass rush that they, they generating 51 sacks last year. Another area that they were very good last season was was uh, forcing turnovers. They were second in the league behind the Patriots with a with a plus fifteen turnover differential. They got off to a, a good start last week, forcing uh, three turnovers. Why is it that this defense has so much success turning teams over? Well, look, I think obviously I think it goes back to the coaching staff and just some of the things that they preach. You know, I mean, um, ball security is obviously a, a strenuous point for playing football, but you know, for whatever thing they, they really like to surround the ball. They really like to try to punch it out. They really try to be in the best positions possible to make the picks, make the reads. And, you know, with Janoris Jenkins last week with that pick six, you know, he, he said it himself. He's like, we knew that the Tampa liked to run those out that out play. And, you know, that they ran it, I think it was like 10 times against them last year. And, uh, Jenkins was was just kind of waiting for it, and he was able to read it. So, I mean, you got to credit some of the players and the film study that they do, um, and and obviously just being in the position to play. Because I remember the days when the Saints' defense was really not good, um, and they couldn't get a turnover to save their lives, even if it was falling right into their laps. But a good sign for them, and you got to attribute to the smart play of the players, and then obviously the coaching that's on there, Dennis Allen. Aaron Glenn, Ryan Nielsen, their defensive line coach, and Michael Hodges, their linebacker coach. You, you know, you talk a lot about the coaching and, and that being a, an important part of it. Dennis Allen is the uh, coordinator for them, of course, a former Raiders head coach. Uh, describe to, to Raider fans, like, what it, what kind of style does does Allen like to do? What is it that, like, what, what's his uh, trademark for his defenses? Well, I, I mean, I would say he likes to blitz. He's he can't He's not afraid to be aggressive. Um, and you know, with him, he, he's not going to be a, a, a coach that's not going to send it just from one spot. Right. And so he likes to use linebackers. He likes to use a safety in the box, somebody like a CJ Gardner Johnson. Um, he'll like to confuse things. He'll send both linebackers. He'll send Demario Davis and Alex Anzalone on a blitz if he wants and drop a, a D line in coverage. I mean, he's going to do anything and everything just to confuse the, the opposing offense and, you know, so it's not uncharacteristic. He likes to use that NASCAR package. He likes to use different looks where you'll have just one one guy with his hand in the, the ground and then everybody else standing up. I mean, it's just it's a bit of confusion for everybody involved, but he also likes to to keep you guessing and think, oh, I don't know where this is coming. You'll send a, a, a linebacker on a delayed blitz or send a safety on a delayed blitz or a delayed corner blitz. So. Uh, you know, again, his, his style is fairly aggressive, um, but also he can play smart. He can play finesse. Again, like last week against the Bucks, mainly defense, uh, mainly nickel, mainly uh, dime coverages. And, you know, again, that's, if you would have just ran base defense against somebody like Tom Brady, he probably would have ate it all up. Yeah, John Hendricks uh, of SI.com, uh, Saints News Network, joining us here on Just Pop Baby. Just got a couple more for you, John. I'm sure that you had some time this week to kind of take a look at the Raiders offense, study it a bit. Based on what you know about the Saints defense, uh, is there a particular area or, or, or maybe a, a player that you believe uh, possesses a tough matchup for the, for the Saints? Well, I think... Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is talented as everything, right? And he's very elusive. He's very uh, underrated. And uh, I think he's he's a guy, obviously, that's going to challenge that Saints run defense. I mean, I think they've gone 
what is it, maybe 44 straight games without allowing a 100-yard rusher. It's something crazy incredible. So, I, I mean, again, they have great a uh, great time defending against the run. And I think where the Raiders uh, what, in one play stuck out, obviously, was Henry Ruggs being able to stretch the field. And, you know, I could see that being a potential, you know, hazard for the Saints, assuming Ruggs plays, um, because they, they ran a play similar in training camp where uh, Deontay Harris just kind of ran one of those types of routes and he burns Norris Jenkins and Malcolm Jenkins in coverage. And so, again, I, I think that's obviously something that they're going to look at and brush up on film, um, you know, but I would think with Josh Jacobs, he's going to pose a, an interesting problem for the Saints defense and that they'll have to solve for. But, you know, ultimately – uh, there's other wide receivers there. You know, you got the Jalen Rieger there, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I'm sorry, don't say Rieger. I'm just meant Aguilar, but um, Zay Jones. You know, those other guys. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, Zay Jones. I was saying, and, and Nelson Aguilar. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Bri- Brian sorry, Edwards. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, man. I just got football in the mind. So, it, um, but at any rate, so I think they they have some some good talent there to stretch the field, and I, I'm just interested to see how the Saints can compensate for that. Now, one guy you didn't mention there that the Raiders have on, on offense as a pretty big threat is, is Darren Waller. He did he did lead them uh, in receiving last year. Who, who how how do the Saints or, or or who do the Saints use as their guy to kind of uh, shut down tight ends? Is it, is it Malcolm Jenkins or is there, is or is Demario Davis handle coverage uh, you know duties for for uh, tight ends? Well, honestly, it just depends on the matchup pre-snap. I mean, you could see Demario Davis out on on a, on wall, or you could see Malcolm Jenkins. But you know, if their nickel guy is is uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, and I mean, he could he could draw safety matchups. So honestly, it, that's how the Saints are. They want to get the best personnel matchups possible, and you know, getting a guy like Malcolm Jenkins back has been so huge for this team, just because not only his leadership, but he's just a a guy that can put himself in. Uh, and his players uh, on defense in the best best possible spot to make the best play. So, again, you know, um, it's never a, 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 a science that's going to work 100% of the time when you run it. But, uh, you know, look, I think when you look at where the Saints used to be against Garden tight ends, I mean, I remember the day Tony Gonzalez just absolutely brutalized the Saints, and they just never had an answer. They tried to roll Roman Harper out there on coverage, and it just didn't really work that well. But this time they have some speed. Um, You know, Alex Angeloni is another guy, linebacker, very quick. He could be a a potential matchup against Waller, too. So, I mean, when you look at it, I think it's a good good problem to have when you have a few options that can provide that coverage. So, I think when you look at it, um, you know, you could see any one of those four guys matching up against them. All right, last one I have for you, John. I'd like to get a, a prediction from you for the game. Vegas Sportsbooks has the Saints as a six-point favorite right now. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think I saw the over-under was like 49.5 or something like that. Correct. Line that I saw. So I, I think, you know, look, if it's, it's it's really unfortunate because I, I wish fans were in this game, and I really am really interested to check out the stadium um, and, and such. And, you know, look, not having fans is, is really tough. Again, they're coming off a huge win against the Panthers. Um, and, you know, I think the Raiders are a sleeper team. Obviously, in the AFC, they're, they're getting lost in the shadow because it's Kansas City, right? Everybody wants to ride the Kansas City train, and everybody else doesn't matter. It's kind of the exact opposite in the NFC South. Everybody's wanting to look at everybody except New Orleans right now. So, 
Um, you know, Drew Brees is going to be tested. Uh, what I could say is the Saints are 16-7 and on Monday Night Football under Sean Payton and Drew Brees. They've won four straight. Um, you know, he's 8-3 and three against the Raiders, so it's no – no, uh, no actual, you know, surprise that I would take them in this game. Um, you know, especially after what happened the last time these two met, uh, that was a crazy, crazy play with Jack Del Rio having the uh, the fortitude to go for two and, and beat the Saints on that season opener in 2016. So, look, I don't say that's totally on their mind, but you know, John Gruden's a, a great coach, very well respected by Sean Payton. Obviously, those two worked together once upon a time. Um, so I'm going to take the Saints. It'll be, I think, a little bit lower scoring affair. I'm going to take them 27-20 to, to beat out the uh, the the over. I'm sorry, the, uh, the the point favorite. John, thanks so much for your time tonight. Keep up the good work and, and enjoy the game on Monday night. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, we're back for just one last final segment here. Real quick one, just to wrap it up, some final thoughts. I do want to thank John Hendricks again, our guest, for uh, giving us so much of his time tonight. And that was a great spot there. I think you guys are all set with your preview for the game this week. That was a great scouting report that you just got there uh, from John. And one of the other things that I wanted to mention real quick before we, we say goodbye here is that I, I heard a lot of people calling into uh, Q and Scott uh, throughout the week talking about wanting to tailgate and people asking about different bars. I'm sure you may have saw it, but bars are opening up in Las Vegas at 11.59 on Sunday night. That is uh, 17 hours prior to kickoff for the Monday night game. I wonder why, right? So, so Raider fans out there in the Vegas area or or or, or the surrounding areas, people who are looking to, uh, you know, make a quick trip in, you will be able to watch the game in bars. I wish I could join you guys, but uh, maybe maybe in another week. All right, guys, it's about that time. Got to got to head out. Uh, thanks for joining me as always. I hope you like the show. Be sure to tune in for Mo Moten and I as we recap the Monday Night Football game. That show will be available for download on Wednesday morning. Hope everyone enjoys the game. And as always, just win, baby. Just win, baby.